Welcome back to the Profit with Presence podcast mini-series where we explore the 12 pillars of mindful leadership that unlock your ability to create more profit, more focus, more productivity, and much more satisfaction. Let's jump in. So Eric, in this episode, we're going to be talking about the mindful CEO or the mindful leader. And this is kind of where everything kind of comes together because we're talking about how do we bring this mindset, this perspective, these practices into the companies, into the groups that we are leading. So will you start by just sharing a little bit on your thoughts on how we start to bring this into our day-to-day business world? Well, first of all, it's if if we're talking about integrating into a company, it's pretty important to have it come or be have buy-in from the top. You know, you can change being a cog and being one person in the company and you can make a positive influence. But if, if you want to tip, I call it tipping a whole company into mindfulness, into a mindful vision, then it's pretty important to have the CEO on board. But regardless, it always starts with the individual. Now, one of the traps when most people start in this work is first that they do it, the first is like, oh gosh, if my spouse would just do this. Oh my God, if the, the people at the company would just do this. And I say that's a trap because it's you're the only one that needs mindfulness. They may do it, they may not do it, but it's not going down this to just to try to get other people to do it. So first we have to embody it ourselves and be fairly secure in our practice. And this is confusing to a lot of people who come through our program. Because I say, if you're not secure in your practice and you go share with others, a couple of things might happen. The world is still pretty skeptical and more mindless than mindful. I mean, it's just a majority or or not in that. So it can knock you off your own practice. At first, it takes you off focusing on your own practice because you're now worried about others rather than your own deep dive. And the other is, you know, people can just say something pretty skeptical where you start questioning before you've really gotten the results. And mindfulness is a process. I say, you know, typically a year of, of pretty steady mindfulness practice to feel stable enough in yourself, and this would vary for individuals, to be able to walk into an environment that was not mindful and maintain mindfulness. That's the goal, right? Because we want to walk into an area that's not mindful, share mindfulness, and tip it a little bit, change it a little bit, share it a little bit. So getting our own practice down, and then uh, I say you find people that are like-minded. You know, you find conversations. For, from my experiences, people start noticing it in you that you're a little different, and they when and also when they have trouble, you're talking to them, and you have opportunities to offer. This is what I've been doing. Try this. You know, here's a book. Here's a simple little book you can try. Look, look at these practices. Just try this a little bit. And then find allies in the company, people that are more like-minded and try to get a few. Like for us here, we started a seed group, which were just a few of us to start. We started reading a book, doing some centering. We call it centering, not meditation to begin with, because meditation can be intimidating to people, some people. So, you know, centering is the same kind of thing, just breathing and, and uh, being present. And then letting it spread, and you can then you can start having some offerings. Sometimes non-meditation offerings that are mindful are are uh, better because they won't reach, they won't have as much resistance as meditation. 
And I also say the goal is not to have everyone meditate. The goal is to have be mindful. You know, meditation is a tool to, to support mindfulness. Now, we, we did an eight-week program here for the entire company, and everybody did it. And everybody wasn't meditating after, and it's fine. They're doing Some people are taking a mindful walk, but we have changed the environment to be more mindful. And there are enough people meditating and practicing mindfulness that it has a mindful feel to it. I wanted to say I, I love that you put that expectation on there, that it takes about a year, because I think the trouble with mindfulness and any sort of training and presence and just being more awake and more aware is that we want instant results, right? We want the diet that has us lose five pounds in the first week, and we want the exercise plan that has us build more muscle in the first two weeks. Like we're, we're not only used to instant results, but we've come to expect it. And I think the unfortunate thing about mindfulness is that it is a long game. It is a process. It is a journey. And you talked in earlier episodes about thinking of it more like how a musician or or an athlete would approach their work. This idea that just practice, practice, practice. What what does that look like for someone who is plateauing and saying this isn't making any difference? Like, what do you say to people who are like, I tried it and I didn't do anything? How do you respond to that? You know, you dig in. What did they try? And 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 the general thing I find is that they've been too impatient. If you if you start practicing meditation, you jump in 10, 15, 20 minutes before your mind has settled down a little bit, it's counterproductive in my experience. Because you go and you just say, it's too crazy up there. And first they, first they say, it makes me crazy. And I say, no, well, actually, our minds have been like that. We just haven't noticed. And then we go into notice and it's like, whoa, boy, I say two minutes, you know, two minutes. And then when you, if you've done that for a little bit and that becomes a little bit of a habit, then move to three, four, five and move up. Because as the mind calms down, people usually yearn it. They want more of it. They find it. It's that timelessness, that joy. So having that expectation that's going to take a while, like in our mindful leadership program, we start off with a couple of minutes. We start off with gratitude and a few minutes of meditation and reading a few pages of a book. And we work up over six months to 10 minutes of meditation. And then I'll take them as a group to 20 minutes by the end of the program. But a lot of people just stay there at 10 or, you know, some will go. Or And then as you have more time, you know, you take a weekend meditation retreat or do something where you can dig deeper. But it has to also be doable within a busy schedule that we have. And the consistency of it is so much more important than the length, the duration. In my experience, if you can find a way to do it daily, if you have to miss a day or two a week, and you know, don't make a big deal of it, that's fine. But doing it consistently. And the other point, you know, is just that it is why it takes a while for, for a habit. James Clear in Atomic Habits writes about it. You know, it's the environment you're going back into. It's because our environment is unmindful that we need to really take a while to firm it and get it in it. And our program is nine months because we want an environment to form a habit before we go back into an environment which is not mindful so that we can be the seed of mindfulness in a new environment. So it takes a while, it takes a while to build up, to have the time, and then to be comfortable to walk into an environment. You know, it's like 
if you're not drinking, walking into a room where everybody's drinking, you know, it's hard at first. And after a while, it doesn't matter, you know? Well, I just say that from experience because I don't drink anymore. But for a while, it was hard and <laughs> it just gets to be easy. You just walk in. So the Mindful Leadership Program, it's a nine-month program. And what what what's what does this entail? Like, what are people committing to when they join it? Yeah, a lot of people wonder about the length of time. Um, it's just what I have found that it takes to establish new habits. And it's a process. So... We start off pretty slow in that first couple of months or, or just, you know, a few minutes of meditation and getting do it. And then we dive deep into what's your purpose in life, you know, uh, and also what makes you up. We, to, we do a thing called personality parts mandala where we just go into a subpersonality. It's like, I'm an entrepreneur. I have got a negotiator. I've got a, an, an adventurer, you know, I've got these different things just to get to really know what makes us move and shake. And most of us have some saboteurs, things that are going to prevent, like mine was anger, you know, was one of them. And it's still there, but I, I notice it coming so it doesn't sabotage me like it used to. Um, I We get in touch with those things. All this whole time we're clearing out, trying to clear out culture, uh, culture's view of us that we've been embodied our families you know have said what's important to us our schools have told us what's important to us our work has told us our government's told us what's important to us and we just try to reclaim that and say okay that's all good but what do i at this point what's important to me regardless of all that stuff okay what what is important to me because most of us we've been trained to feel it's how many cars and how big they are and houses and you know trips and those are all great, but they're not who we are. We try to dig down into this, who we really are and do a clearing. And then in the then we set a new vision. Say, okay, and actually in the uh, back here, I guess most of this is on radio, we have a vision board. We set a new vision. We start with a, with a life list of what we want to be, do, have, and learn, and then create a new vision. And then we write about it. You know, we spend a whole day in our winter thing just writing about all the years of our life, getting flat with us where we are, because most of us don't acknowledge, you know, it's like taking a diet without stepping on a scale. You step on a scale and say, oh God, yeah, that's reality. This is what reality is, and this is what I want to do. So we look at that with all areas of our life, getting flat with ourselves and where we are, and then setting a, a vision for where we want to go with it. This is where I want my relationships to be. This is what I want my financial situation to be. This is what I want my health to be. And then the spring we go through, you know, what are the few things in that whole list that are really trigger, will really domino the whole group? What do I really have to work on? We narrow it down and come up with a plan and help launch it. And the whole time you're building habits. You're building that daily routine. You're building habits. You're also... You know, doing it with a group of people, so you're gaining, you have some people to talk to that have the same language, those kind of things that can help you carry you forward. And it's uh, professional focused, but personal and professional are so mixed. You know what? I don't find this, I mean, how we are in one thing is how we are in everything. <laughs> Fine. It's not just like this, you know, light switch that we go to work and we're one way and we go home another. And also, we're at work to make our home life better. We're at work to support our 
family and friends and those kind of things. So they're they're naturally mixed, but it's a professional group. Uh, and where it's different is that we take on work. We say, no, it's okay to be mindful, focused at work. In fact, that's what's going to make you truly successful, long-term, sustainable success, that you're actually happy at work and generating relationships at work that are meaningful and generating profits that allow you to sustain it and to make a bigger difference in the world. One of the things that I just see more and more and more these days is this concept of burnout, right? Is this idea that I'm just going to keep slogging away, slogging away. I'm going to ignore purpose. I'm going to ignore meaning. I'm going to ignore happiness. I'm going to ignore, ignore my health, my relationships, right? And we can we can just see it's, I think burnout has become such a, like a buzzword in the cultural vernacular. We can see like, it's just not, it's just not working. Like that way is just not working. And what I hear in what you do when you use the word sustainable, right, is like there's, there's a new way. And it's actually probably not a very new way, but a very, very, very old way <laughs> that we can approach living all aspects of our life that actually gets us the results and sustainable results, but in a way that we don't really kill ourselves along the way. And that's what I hear that you've created in this program and no. that you do. In Buddhists, that would be called right livelihood. You know, I've, I've chosen to have a very secular approach and not bring anything like that in, any religious connotation. When it's right livelihood, it's am I doing the right thing? Am I doing what I was born to do? And do it and be happy about it and actually, rather than burnout, be the light. Bring the light to what I'm doing. Bring the joy, the happiness to what I'm doing. And if I'm not finding that, Either you look at who I'm being or do something else. You know, if it just can't get there, then do something else. Most people, though, that in my experience find with a mindset shift, it isn't as much what they're doing. Especially we have a lot of successful people come through our program. They're already pretty good at what they do. But how they do it, being present, changes everything. And, and a focus on relationships with those that they're with changes everything. You said something a few minutes ago, you've just pointed to it really quickly, and that is that, that the, when you do this work in a group, you know, you've got people that you can talk to, you've got people who understand what you're going through, you've got this common language. Can you just expand on that a, a little bit more about how you don't, this isn't a program where you work one-on-one -on -one with someone, but you guys do this, men and women, you do this together. What gets created when you're doing this all together? What are, what's the benefit of doing this in a group? Well, first of all, you can do it one-on-one. -on -one. I mean, you can, you can do it by yourself. I started off by myself. But it's just so much more powerful. First of all, when you see other people change and see other people get things, everybody, when you see something, you see something in them that you relate back to yourself. And there's an energy that there's an, we're made of energy. And when you have an energy that's a safe space and an energy in which other people are doing it, change is reinforced. It's just, it's easier. Uh, you find yourself sharing things that you probably wouldn't, but it's a close group and it's confidential. And it's a safe space to grow and the energy shift is supported from others and you have people to check in with on it 
But it's amazing. Rarely ever does somebody get something and a light bulb go on that somebody else doesn't see something in it for them. You know? And is at our fall intensive, we do a number of different exercises. And it's funny, almost on the ratings, almost every time, it's like every exercise is somebody's least favorite and somebody's most favorite. <laughs> but even in the least favorite ones, they say, don't take it out because I saw what other people were getting, you know, and I got something from that, even though it didn't, wasn't a, you know, a light bulb for me. I did see the light bulb go on over there and that helped me. So how do people, and, and I want to circle back to the beginning of our conversation and talk more about the mindful CEO, but bef before I do that, I wanted to let people know, like how, when can they register and how can they find out more yeah. and like what, what are some action steps we can give people if they're interested in that yeah. nine month program? Yeah, it starts in August on Zoom and then our in-persons are in October. So it's a couple of months slow ramp up on Zoom. And then uh, registration, I think, closes July 15th. It's early discount by June 15th. And we're registering now. We've got a great group started. Uh, our website, livinginthegap.org, has everything. Just look under programs. And the nine-month program would be how to start. There's also free resources. If you want to play around, there's a 21-day you know, introduction program. You can do some things like that in a list of books uh, to get started with that are pretty simple. Um, and just put in, if you want to have a conversation, myself or Amanda Pumbar would have a conversation with you just to let you know a little bit more about it. <clears throat> we have a very non-pressure approach because it does take a commitment yeah. to nine months. I mean, we want people to choose in and say, you know, a lot of people say, oh, I'm just too busy. I say, well, bring your life to it. The whole idea is to have, this is a way to organize your life, to have your life work. So don't look at it as another thing to do. Look at it as a way, no, I'm going to be more focused, I'm going to have flow, and I'm going to get more done in less time. So I, I find, uh, you know, people go in it thinking they're running about the time, but they're so much more efficient and so much more focused. In the end, time is not, not an issue for them. One of the things that I've really come to believe is that great leaders develop themselves. They invest in themselves. They can they really commit to continual growth and development. You, in the book, you, you, you have this sentence that really lit me up and you said, mindful leaders take action. So can you say more about that, about what that looks like and what you mean by that? Well, I think, well, first of all, leadership is an inside job. I mean, you have to start with yourself first. Right. I mean, it isn't, I think this context that I'm a leader, just give me a situation, you know, put me in the room is nonsense. I lead because I'm inspired. I lead because I'm brought, I'm caused to, to do it. Um, and I believe we're given a body and a breath to take action. I mean, why else bother to put me in a body and give me a breath if it wasn't to take action? And if I'm in alignment, and then with my purpose, I'm going to take action. And leaders are born from purpose. If I have a purpose and I'm in a body and I've done the right things to keep myself healthy, action is natural. Inaction is false. When I'm not taking action, I need to look at it and say, am I not aligned with my purpose? Am I not feeling good? Am I not healthy? You know, what's going on here? Because we're all about action. I mean, Action is what we were put on this earth to do. 
regardless of, you know, sit there and meditate, <laughs> that's an action, <laughs> you know? I'm going to take the action of actually practicing focus. Meditation is just practicing focus. And then I say, okay, what do I want to shine my light of focus on? My spouse, my job, wherever I am at the time. I want to, and that, when I focus, I take action. When I'm divided and distracted, I'm like a deer in the headlights. I don't take action because I'm not sure what the right action is. But if I'm in alignment with my purpose and I'm healthy and I've, I've done my, you know, got myself in flow, just think about flow is like being like water, right? We want our we want ourselves to be like water. It doesn't stop. It finds a way around the rocks. You know, it might be good, might be prevented a little bit by a dam, but it finds its way over the dam or under the dam or around it. It water doesn't stop flowing. It's action. We're action waiting to happen. You got to just find the right. Uh, you got to be to find the right motivation, the right purpose. Get yourself in the right mindset, and action is natural. Well, it's been such a joy spending time with you in this podcast mini-series. Also, getting to read your book, Profit with Presence, The 12 Pillars of Mindful Leadership, learning more about the Mindful Leadership Program, because what it does to me is it you exemplify, you model exactly what you just said. Like this, this inspiration that you had that turned into action, that now you've created these things for people to connect with you on these really important topics. And I, I just want to say, like, it's it's such a huge inspiration to just see you put action behind what inspires you and what you believe in. What's the impact that, that you ultimately hope to make, whether you touch one person or one million people? What is it that you really want to accomplish with this work? Change the business conversation, you know? To, to be more impactful. Business moves the world. And how do we want to move it? You know, where do we want it to move to? Is it just moving a widget from left to right? Or, or are we actually trying to move culture and society, move it along? Business moves things. And, you know, my motivation for writing the book and doing this is I just can sit by and do nothing and watch divided, distracted, unable to make you know, progress in key areas. And I'm not a politician. I'm not a lobbyist. I'm a business guy. And I just see the power in business. And when business people, enough business people come together and say, this is crap. Let's move it along. Let's forget our little own personal things. Everybody, Nobody's going to get everything they want, but let's, we can move society along. We can do it. We can move the politicians along. We can move the divided groups along. But if we work together and stop being divided ourselves, and profit's not a purpose. Profit's a necessary outcome of running a purpose-filled vision, you know, purpose in a vision-filled business. Profit has to come, but it's not a purpose. So great. It's just been so great getting to know you. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you for joining us for this episode of the Profit with Presence podcast mini-series. For more details about tools or links we may have discussed in this episode, and to learn more about Eric's Mindful Leadership Program, visit www.livinginthegap.org. Bye for now.